Hello and welcome to Table Topics, the general advice and discussion podcast from the RPG Academy. This is where we discuss stuff from our gaming table or yours. I am Michael, and this is Table Topics number 49, Maybe I'm the Asshole. In this special episode of Table Topics, Caleb and I recap our recent Origins trip. I had never gone to Origins before and have only been to one other gaming convention before, that being Gen Con last year. Now, I've already released a written version of this trip, and mostly this is the same info, maybe with just a little bit more oomph. Uh, But if you've already read that recap, there really won't be much new stuff here. The first half or so of this episode, I talk about the hands-on demo of Codename Morningstar, the suite of e-tools that is set to release with uh, D&D 5th edition that's coming out later this summer. After that, I just basically start to complain about some stuff that happened at Origins that I didn't care for. Uh, I guess my computer didn't really want to hear that any more than Caleb did, uh, because there's an odd popping sound every time I start to talk, um, and this happens right when I switch topics. Now, it turns out what actually happened is that my laptop wasn't able to record fast enough, and that's what's causing that sound. Uh, Now that I know this, I've cleaned up my laptop some, and we'll start rebooting just before we record in the future, but unfortunately there's nothing I can do to go back and and fix this episode. No new reviews on iTunes this week, no new Stitcher reviews. Uh, Happy to report we have jumped up to 110 likes on Facebook, so that is very exciting. Uh, We only have a few days left to pre-order the I Helped Get Caleb to Gen Con t-shirts on Teespring. Uh, Right now that looks like that one's dead in the water. I mean, we are nowhere near close enough to get to that. Uh, So once that campaign ends, or I actually may do a mercy killing on it here in a few more days, um, I'm going to get a new one started with that same t-shirt with a a much more realistic goal of like, you know, maybe 10. So that way we'll have time to get them in before Gen Con. Uh, Last couple of things, we are still running the Primeval Thule contest. If, If you haven't heard, we are having a private game of 13th Age at Gen Con this year that is being DM'd by one of the creators of the new Primeval Thule setting. So either Rich Baker, Stephen Schubert, or David Noonan will be running a game for us on Thursday of Gen Con this year. And we are giving one of those seats away. All you have to do to enter for a chance to win is to send us an email with your idea for your character's one unique thing. You can submit up to five different ones. The top picks will go on the website and be voted on. Top voter gets the seat. Uh, I am also working on some special guests to take up those other seats, but I am definitely taking one of them, and as you guys know, I'm hilarious, so you're going to want to play in that game. So send those emails to podcast at the rpgacademy.com. The subject line would be uh, O-U-T for Primeval Fool, and just uh, let me know what your one unique thing would be, up to five, no more than that, please. And we're going to cut that contest off on July 1st. Uh, We hope to have the poll up by the 5th so that we can announce a winner by the 15th to give the winner plenty of time to make sure, A, that they're going to Gen Con, and B, to clear their schedule. Uh, Last thing is we do have the Patreon page set up. Uh, Right now we have one lonely backer, and uh, we'd like to see some more on there. So please check out our page at patreon.com slash therpgacademy and see if there's something you can do to help us out. So enough with all that. Uh, Now on to the show. Here is Table Topics number 49. Maybe I'm the asshole.
So, Caleb, sir, how are you? I am doing well, Michael. How about you? I am doing well as well. <laughs> All right, so for today's show, so we'll get into this, uh, we just have a couple different topics that we want to cover, one of which is Origins. Uh, this was my first time to Origins, only my second convention, and um, I'm, I'm doing a, a full write-up that will be on the site, I'm hoping, tomorrow or Friday at the latest. Uh, there's... I like to write, as you know, and I'm a little bit wordy in my writing, so it's it's already a lot longer than I thought it would be, so I'm trying to do some edits. I sent you a copy that I would like for you to read and do some editing as well to make sure I don't embarrass myself, but as the tagline goes, this was my origins story, and like on any good origin stories, there's some triumph and there's some tragedy, and, uh, and my origins experience was a bit up and down, and I kind of want to talk a little bit about that, but... I like to talk anyway, so I want to jump over to you first and, and talk about your origins experience and then see if you have any questions for me so I don't just talk for an hour and you sit there. Yeah, my chair is not that comfortable. So first off, I think we should make a point that origins is primarily a board game and card game gaming convention. Um, it, of course, has a very strong role-playing component, but unlike Gen Con, the role-playing games are not really the primary focus of Origins. Uh, to me, the biggest part of Origins is the Origin Awards, uh, companies releasing new games, demoing new games. Uh, there's a lot of tournaments that go on, uh, a lot of sanctioned games, um, and there's a lot of testing games. Uh, when I go down, I usually spend most of my time in the demo hall and the vendor hall, and Columbus is a fun city. It's a great place to be. The convention center is, is awesome. So for most of us in the area, it's a pretty short drive. So it, it's well worth it. My experience, as I said earlier, was, was really just demoing new games. And I have made it clear in the past on this show that I am a huge, 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 huge fan of just board and card games. That's what my closet in my office is full of. I love just playing a board game or a quick 15-20 minute card game with people when we're hanging out at dinner. So the chance to try new games, uh, have a usually talk to designers um, if they happen to be there, is really, really cool. I mean, two years ago, that's, uh, take that back, last year, two origins ago, is where I um, is met the guys from Greater Than Games. That's when I got hooked on Sentinels on the multi of the multiverse. Uh, so there really is a lot of opportunity for FaceTime. So I got to play a couple cool games. Some I didn't like so much, some I like more. But overall, I had a good time. And I got to meet you, and you are taller than I thought. So there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm de the internet is deceptive. So yeah. <laughs> It really is. Yeah. yeah. And again, I, and I don't want to come across overly negative, because I had fun at Origins. I'm very glad that I, I went. I plan on going back next year. And and I would prefer to go back for more. And I think that might have even been part of my frustrations is that I only went for the two days. And it's possible that some of the expectations that I had were somewhat unrealistic because I've only been to one con before. I went to Gen Con last year and it was literally a life-changing experience. I mean, it was, I got angry at myself for having never gone before because I know that there are, there are Gen Cons that I will never get back. Like, you know, literally that is how much fun I had at the Gen Con. I'm like, why did I wait until I'm in my late 30s to do this? I'm two hours away. It's not like I had to fly across country or, a, you know, out of country 
I've had no excuse and I just never got around to it and I was mad at myself. So I had some pretty lofty expectations coming into Origins that might have been unrealistic and that's certainly possibly part of it too. But in truth, I have some what I think are legitimate frustrations with my experience. And, and it's not my goal here to blast anybody because the people who put on the games, they give time, a lot of them are volunteers. The people who run the games put, use their own time and they're volunteers. And I appreciate that. But having said that, there are some things that I do want to talk about, the good and the bad. And basically, I'll just kind of run through some of what happened, and I'm hoping that you'll come up with questions so it's not just me lecturing. Let's back up, let's back up a second before you dive in there. Um, I only went down on Sunday. Origins runs for about five days total. Um, due to schedule and finances, I could only go on the last day, which is when they do a family pass day. Uh, on family pass days, you, you can really only get into the vendor hall, the demo hall, some of the just open room events. You would have to pay separately to get into any sanctioned games or official tournaments or demos. And by the last day, those aren't happening anymore. It, when you register for Origins, you have the option of buying different badges and tokens that get you into... Uh, the different events. So you can go all access, you can just buy tokens or passes for a certain game or a certain series of games or a certain room that you want to be in. I mean, if you go down for Origins for the whole uh, for the whole thing, uh, you're going to see everything from, like I talked about demos, uh, you're going to see um, tournaments of Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! and different minis, you know, Warhammer and, and Robotech and all that crazy stuff. You're going to see the uh, the actual tabletop role-playing games. You can really do anything you want there. The the difference between our two experiences is, is that, Michael, you went down for Saturday and Sunday. And if I remember correctly, you actually did get into a handful of tabletop gaming experiences, right? Yes. Uh, and I do... What I would say about that, too, is, again, I've only been to Gen Con one time. And even with that, it, it's four days. Origins is one day longer. And even though I had a ton of fun at, at Gen Con, by Sunday afternoon, I was, I was ready to go. You know, it, it was, I was exhausted. I hadn't got a lot of sleep. You know, you're overwhelmed. And so it's also entirely possible that Sunday being my second day, I was full tilt and it was everyone else's last day. So there might have been an energy level difference between me and pretty much everyone else at the con that I picked up on. But yeah, so, so I did get a press badge, and I know I've kind of talked about this a couple of times, but I'm ex I really am excited about that. Don't, you know, I don't want people to think that I'm flipping about this. I was really excited about and honored that our little website was given enough credit to get a press badge. Now, maybe they give those things out like candy corn. I don't know, but I thought it was pretty cool that I got one, and I took it serious to, to an extent. I didn't want to just go there and do my thing for free. I wanted to do some journalism. So kind of my thought was I was going to focus on 5th edition. Obviously our side is, you know, a lot around Dungeons & Dragons. And there was some new stuff that was coming out. They were having the 40th anniversary of Dungeons & Dragons celebration. So a lot of their official WotC games were themed that way. And they were, they were doing some of the most popular modules that they have ever done. And I got into a couple, actually I got into, well, I got into two different games that were part of the celebration. I got into a Legacy of the Crystal Shard game, which was run in 5th edition. I got into the King of the Trollhaunt Warrens in 4th edition. 
And then on Sunday, I got to participate in a play test of the new organized play program called D&D Adventurers League. And that was really one of the things I really wanted to get into from the journalism side, that this is something I thought I could report on. There was information here that I could share that people would be interested in. And then I also got to do part of the play test, so my feedback might help change, alter the, the games that are going to be released fully. I think Gen Con is when they're going to get re released in full. Also, and this came out late, like I was already scheduled to go to Origins before this happened, but the D&D 5e electronic suite of tools was very recently announced. It's codenamed Morningstar, and there's a lot of questions surrounding what it is, what it's supposed to do, does it replace DDI, how much does it cost, tons of that, and they were demoing that as well. So I was able to get into a seminar of that. So there was, you know, there was some journalistic integrity to what I was trying to do, but I also got to play some games. So it was, you know, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours type of a thing. So the first thing that I did when I got there, uh, after I got my badge, which again, going on Saturday was a cakewalk. I just walked in and they gave me my badge, is we went to the Codename Morningstar seminar. And we did have to sign non-disclosure agreements, so I cannot talk about specifics, but I can talk about in generalities. And I liked it. I think it's cool. It didn't overwhelm me. I don't, I wouldn't say it's awesome at this point. There is some potential. And uh, we, we had two tables for each run through. It was about an hour or so each time. So there's like 10 people there. And between our tables, we had come up with easily a good a dozen, two dozen suggestions for improvement or changes or tweaks. And many of those are like, yes, you know, a lot of people have asked for those. And others are like, oh, okay, that's something we can take back to the programmers, that kind of thing. But in its basics, it's a guided step to create a character. One of their goals is they want to get character creation as fast as possible so that if you go to like a, an encounters game and you go to your local game store and you've got like a three hour window, they don't want you to necessarily have to play with pre-gens. You know, that will always be an option because it's so much faster. But if you wanted to come with your own character, you could create a D&D &D 5e character in 10 minutes flat. And that's even if you don't know a lot about what you're trying to do because it's just a guided process. And um, it was very responsive. We got to play with some iPads it was running on. It moved really quickly. It reminded me a lot of the original character builder that came out when fourth edition was launched before they made it cloud-based and it sucked because it was actually really cool when it first came out and very fast. So imagine that with a simpler rule set. You have a lot less choices. So the system goes really quickly. You pick your race, you pick your class, you know, two minutes tops and 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 everything is I don't, not to say hyperlink but like if you're not sure what a halfling is you push a button bam the halfling rules come up it tells you everything about halflings if you're not sure what a fighter does you click the fighter button and it pops up in a window this is what a fighter does so you pick those two then you can either roll your stats or you can just enter them in off either you roll them by hand or you just want to cheat whatever you put them in and then it goes to do you want a subclass or do you want or you know do you want to take the the standard weapons, or do you want to buy, take gold and buy your own? If you take gold, it'll bring you to an equipment screen where you can spend your gold and buy what you can, or you can take the generic, and you can equip those things, and you know, and just on and on, and, with, and just, you know, button, 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 selection, bam, you now have a character that you can play from that device, whether it be a computer, an iPad, phone, whatever, it's going to be right there, but it's not necessarily designed to be like a virtual tabletop where you know, there's no button that I roll initiative and it, it does that for me. It's more just like a, 
a, a user's guide for your specific character. It has all your information, it's readily available, it's easy to see, it's easy to use, so that way you could be at an encounters game at a local game store, bring in your phone, five, ten minutes, you have your own character and you're good to go. Again, it's really cool, it does exactly what you think it would do and it does it very fast and it looks nice, but there's a lot of things that it didn't do that I thought it should and a lot of their answers were we can't talk about that yet or that's out of our hands that's a lawyer issue it's a licensing issue but i am excited there will be a beta test coming up uh, they said within the next two weeks they would be opening up a beta and i really hope i'll be able to get into that and get to play around with it a little bit more the last thing i'll say and then i'll throw it back to you see if you have any questions is we were giving given given these cool little coins i don't know if you can see those in the screen there it's like mm -hmm. a commemorative uh coin for showing up and playing in the demo and it has a little secret code on the bottom. And once the application is live, that code will give me access to something. I'm not exactly sure it was, but somehow, and I don't want to get too many details, I ended up with two of them. <laughs> so we might need to edit that out of the show. <laughs> no details. Hey, NDA, I can't talk about it. Neither can they, hey, but I ended somehow up with two. redacted happened. So it is entirely possible that in the near future there might be some sort of contest or other way that one of our listeners might be able to get their hands on one of these exclusive Origin coins. Hmm. So did you, you know, have... We, oh, go ahead. We, we did just uh, hit 100 likes on the Facebook. We did, 103. We, we, 103. Yes. Did you have any questions about Codename Morningstar from before or anything I covered that you would like me to expound on? Actually, I was interested about one thing. Was this an open event that you were just able to register for? Yes, it was not a press-only event. It was just... Uh, okay. It got added so late. Cause, and here's the thing. is It came up out of nowhere. Like, there was a... I saw it on Twitter or Facebook. Like It was like almost like a secret release. Someone's like, hey, there's this thing. You go to that link, and it was a website that said under construction. So clearly there was a miscommunication between Watsi and this company about the release dates. So it was just like maybe a week or two before Origins that they're like, okay, yes, this is a thing. So those events got added really late and they were somewhat unofficial. So you couldn't even buy tickets. You just had to get generic tickets. Uh, so it wasn't even scheduled. Like I, the only reason I knew about it myself is it was on my Twitter feed. Uh, someone from Watsi, I think Mike Merles or Rodney Thompson, somebody sent a link said, hey, you know, if you're at Origins, check this out. I tweeted them back and they get, said, you know, like every hour on the hour between 10 and 6, we're going to run these demos, come over. And uh, that's the only reason I knew about it. Okay. I, I just wanted to get a better understanding of what type of event it was for, um, you know, future applications, just so I can understand a little bit more about Origins. Um, I, would, I would expect that at Gen, Con, at Gen Con, there will likely be a more formalized, organized event because I don't I don't based on what they were saying I don't think it's going to be ready for launch in July when the basic starter set comes out which I actually heard now it's July 3rd I thought it was 15th but I mean we're, we're literally like two and a half weeks away mm. from basic D&D coming out uh, which is pretty awesome and and the basic D&D is going to be free it is as we said in our last podcast zero dinero after I said zero donata <laughs> and uh, just to repeat that um Watsi is putting out the basic PDF for Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, whatever its official title is going to be. Um, it's going to give us the four core classes, levels 1 through 20, 
And I don't remember how many races. I'm guessing a handful. And uh, all that is necessary to play 5th edition with those those core foundational elements. And that's going to be a, a free PDF. I'm sure the, the website is going to be overwhelmed with downloads on the day it actually releases. Yeah. Uh, but, but that is what they are doing. That is the path they are choosing to take for 5th edition. And I think it's a good idea. And, and we covered that pretty well in depth yeah. last time. Uh, oh, yeah, but, yeah, we talked about it that. It will be interesting to see if they release any, like, you know, we had a million downloads over the first week or we had 12 or anything like that. Yeah, I, I would definitely like to see the numbers. That, but if they're bad, they probably won't share them. <laughs> well, we know they're going to be good. We, everyone's going to try to download this. Regardless of whether people hate 5th edition or not, a free gaming PDF by Wizards, everyone's going to jump on it just to see what it is. So there's going to be uh, chaos on that day, but it'll be cool. Yes. Um, so uh, essentially, uh, back to Origins, this, this demo you did had to sign a non-disclosure, uh, but it was at its core a character builder. It was, it's supposed to be streamlined. It's supposed to be easy to use. It's supposed to work on your mobile device. Yes. And it is, it is their intention to integrate this into 5th edition. Make it not a required component, but not just a, a, a piece of software they release after the fact. Right. It yes? is supposed to be fully integrated. It, it, it probably won't be available upon the initial release. But, but the idea would be that you don't even necessarily have to buy the books. Just, just like basic D&D is going to be free. Now, they, again, they weren't able to discuss cost of the application. I'm sure there will be some cost, whether it's a monthly subscription or a one-time. But it's kind of like a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not OSR, but it's basically it's like a compilation of all the rules. So that, basically, that's all you would need. Because if you want to play a fighter, it will tell you what a fighter does. If you want to know uh, what your weapon does, it'll tell you. So, so really, you could have one person with, like, the, the book, the DM, for example, and then everyone else could just use this application and you could play. It's also not designed, as I said, I think I said before about a virtual tabletop, is they expect that you would use this physically at the table. So you'd be around mm -hmm. the table with your friends, but everyone would have their character sheet, PDF, or, or excuse me, uh, iPad, phone, laptop, whatever, but you're still gonna roll actual dice and you're still gonna tell the DM what you rolled. It's just gonna try to help you along those lines and say, you know, your character casts a spell you add your wisdom modifier, your proficiency bonus when you cast this spell, but you'd still physically roll the dice and, and talk about it. So it's not supposed to take over that interaction with the DM. It's supposed to enhance the interaction with the DM. Gotcha. And I think that's a wise choice uh, because there are lots of third-party software examples out there that do that. And I think it is a, a large trend of players to move towards that digital sheet and whether they pull it up on uh, their laptop or their mobile device uh, it, it's just it's more convenient it's easier to have that with you because you pretty much always have your phone with you and if your character sheet is saved on your phone and you have a last minute oh hey let's game or oh shit I forgot my gaming bag well at least I still have my character with me yep. and to complement that, there are also quite a lot of 
online resources for when it comes to rules and how to play necessary tools that you need. I mean, one of the, uh, one of the biggest, I think, best aspects of, of Pathfinder is that on the Paizo website, they have the SRD right there. That's what I was looking for. It's not OSR, it's SRD. Yeah, and, and this is an electronic version of that as well. So the same thing, if you're the DM and someone wants to grapple, you can type in grapple and it will pull up the rules for grapple. So it, right. it literally is, it's a replacement for the, for the game books, but I'm sure there will be a cost involved where you either have to buy the book originally before you get access or there's a monthly subscription fee. Right. But you could literally what, play with all just that. Right, and what's, what's interesting there is that they have taken the next step to evolve the technology and integrate the SRD into the character sheet. I mean, as it stands right now, if I have a digital character sheet in one of a jillion different apps or web browsers that's out there, I have to then open up a browser window on my phone or laptop to pull up the SRD and cross-reference. It's not inconvenient, but it's time-consuming. And if I'm not ready to do so, or not, if I'm not ready to do that, or if I'm not thinking ahead of the game, it, it drags the game down a little bit. But in Morningstar, from what you're telling me, if I'm looking at my character sheet and I forget how to grapple, I hit the grapple tab and it's right there for me. Correct. It would, it would pull it up. It's almost like a hyperlink. Now, there are other parts to it uh, that aren't quite finished. For, you know, for, like, for example, the DM can run a game from, from this, and it's kind of like a campaign management tool. It doesn't seem to be as robust as like what we looked at Realmworks recently. But it does have things like, the, the idea would be, let's say on August 2nd, there's a new module that comes out, module 12. You can buy it that day electronically or physically. If you buy it electronically, it will sort of just download into your device or your, your account because this is a cloud-based uh, device. So it, you don't have to be connected to the internet to use it. It will download it to your device, but it will sync when you're on the cloud. So that way, again, like you were saying, if you forgot your character sheet, you could just go to the cloud and pull it down wherever you're at. But it will have like all the maps and all the tokens that you would need for that game that you're going to run. And so like as the DM, there's going to be a tab where you pull out a map of the country and let's say there's, they're numbered and there's an encounter at number one, you press number one and then it will bring up the map for that encounter. Again, you're not going to necessarily run it off of that map, you know, like a virtual tabletop, but it's just a very quick, super interconnected reference material that could potentially speed up games and stuff like that all the time. And, and you can even build encounters. So you could hit another button off of the, you know, so maybe it's the ruined keep and off to the side, it says you're going to fight four kobolds. You hit a button slides over and it shows you your four kobolds. It has all their stats. It has their hit points. And, you know, basically you could run it just off the machine without ever having to reference one of the books. Cool. Very good. That is exciting. Uh, I, I think, wow. I mean, just like with anything, there's, obviously going to be some issues, there's going to be all sorts of stuff happening, but all in all, if the, uh, if the idea, if the concept is fully visualized, is fully realized, I think that's going to be an awesome addition to our tools uh, when it comes to running a game. And uh, if I am able to get into the beta, I will certainly keep people apprised as I can. If any of our listeners get into the beta and would like to send us some information about it, uh, that would be awesome as well. Cool. So that was Saturday morning for you. I think after that you got into actually playing some games, right? Uh, yes, and th this is where the tragedy starts. Oh, boy. Okay. Cue the music. <laughs> get the, get the tearjerker going. 
So, uh, so this was all set up in the Hyatt ballroom, and pretty much that was like the D and D Watsi area was this large ballroom at the Hyatt. And uh, my next thing was this was more of just a personal thing, but I wanted to try out the DC superhero deck builder game. Um, as our listeners know, I love the Marvel Legendary game, and I'd heard good things about this one. And I wanted to try it out, and they were offering a demo uh, at twelve o'clock. Everything worked out, so I ran over and, and got there for this event. Now, it turns out, apparently, I was signed up for a tournament. But if you looked at my ticket, it didn't say that. It said demo, and it said beginner, which, is again, this is where some of the tragedy starts, that there was some disconnect between what things said they were and what they were. But the guy who was there, there's only two people showed up, so they didn't have a full table to do the tournament, so they just canceled it. So they gave me my money back, which was fantastic. He, he rolled the back. I got a refund. And he still demoed the game for me and the one other person that was there. We got to play a game. Didn't quite get all the way through it, but we learned how the mechanics worked, and we got to play a little bit. And, you know, he would talk about rules. And, you know, the places that it was like Marvel, I caught on exactly, you know, really quickly. The places it was different, I was like, okay, I see what they're doing here. Uh, it was a fun game to the point that I ended up buying it, which was probably their, their goal. But they sold me on the game. I, I liked it. About 1240... I picked up my phone, like we kind of had a little bit of a down moment just to see if anything was going on. And I had gotten a text from Jared, who went with me to Origins, and he said, hey, our game is starting now. He sent that at 12.05. My ticket for my D&D game, the next event, said 1 o'clock. So apparently mm -hmm. there had been, from what I learned later, there was like a cut and paste issue, and the game was actually scheduled 12 to 4, but the ticket said 1 to 5. So I basically missed the first hour of my first game because the ticket was wrong. Jared only knew about it because he he just stayed at the Hyatt Ballroom. He was there for the code name Morningstar anyways. He didn't want to go do the DC thing, so he was just hanging out in the lobby and saw what was happening and got into the game. So I had to leave the DC thing early. Like we, our full hour wasn't up, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I got to leave. So I kind of had to stop playing in the middle of the game, which sucked for the other pe person that was there. Run over to the hall, got there just before one o'clock, and missed the first hour of the game. So I came over, I sat down in my seat, they gave me the last pregen that was left. There was no introductions. It was just, here's your character, go. And I kind of had to figure out what was happening, context clues, like, you know, we didn't really have a lot of time to go back and say, here's what you missed. And I just felt like that was, the fact that nobody came over and said, we're really sorry that your ticket was wrong, we're really sorry that you missed an hour of your game that you paid for, like there was, and I think in the thing I'm writing, I reference is like going to a restaurant and they screw up your order. I don't necessarily need a free meal, but I want the manager to come over and offer me a free dessert or apologize or something. And it was just more of like a, yeah, sucks to be you, keep going thing. Uh, and that was very frustrating to me. Now the game itself was a blast. I had a ton of fun. Jared is a great role player. He constantly cracks me up. Every time I play with him, I have a lot of fun. I got into my character. The DM was great. He, he ran the module like he wrote it. He, I don't know if he ever even happened to reference it. He was giving voices for all the NPCs. The only criticism I would have of the whole thing as far as the actual game was he mentioned after the fact that he doesn't do theater of the mind. Even if he doesn't use tactical minis, he still likes to have maps and minis just for general positioning. And you could tell that he wasn't really good at that. And a lot of times the battles, it would be, okay, now where am I? So where is he? So can I do this? Like, it, it wasn't very cinematic, but, but that was it. Otherwise, fantastic game. I, I really liked him as a DM. 
found out he does have a website um, that he puts some of his stuff on, and I'm going to link to that when I write it up um, in case anybody else wants to check it out. But yeah, so the game itself was a lot of fun. The organization of the event really frustrated me. Now, I would hazard a guess that the organization was not the fault or the responsibility of whoever was running the game at that moment in time. That was probably from whoever was tasked with that that side of the organization for the con itself. Yes, I don't know if it was a, a Watsi issue or if it was an Origins issue, and I didn't dig into it, but somewhere along the line, somebody messed up, and I just, I can't, if they sold tickets that said one to five, but they wanted to do 12 to four, it sucks. You have to do one to five. Like, I can't imagine I was the only one that had this happened to. I, I don't know because I was at my table and we started playing, but I just, I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't fathom that they would just be like, well, no, we're still going to do 12 to four and anyone who bought tickets, they just show up late and they get, you know, less of a game. I just, that felt like the wrong way to handle it. I, I'll agree with you because that, that does seem a little odd to me as well. Um, I've never registered for these type of events at Origins. So during the registration process, um, you had to, to pick which events you wanted to go to and buy the tickets or pay the extra cost for those, right? Correct. And okay. again, I, Origins, or excuse me, Gen Con may have spoiled me because the Gen Con website, other than the, the wishlist registration, which can be a nightmare, the actual navigation of the site and finding events, I think, is very easy to do. The Origins one is painful at best, at least for me. I, maybe I'm just not as computer literate as, as other people, but it, it was painful. And even getting to the point where I had to pay for my stuff, like when you get to that point, it was actually very difficult on the site because the, the click to pay button is very tiny and not where you think it would be. So it just it didn't seem like they were quite up to the same snuff as others. So, yeah, it just hmm. uh, and again, and even though I did get a press badge, to be clear, I did have to pay for all my events. Like all I got was the the badge covered, which is I think like $15 a day for Saturday and for Sunday is the only thing that I got for the press badge. All the events I still paid out of pocket. So that, now, I don't want to be critical here. I have not done these. I haven't experienced these. I know Origins has been around for a long time. And the Origins Awards has been a pretty big thing for a while. I have no experience to compare this to. So I don't know if it's this was an oddity. I don't know if it's a, a an element that constantly plagues gamers at Origins. I don't think either of us can really speak to that. At but, Origins, uh, no, but I can say from my experience at Gen Con, because you know that's that's my thing is role playing games. I, I'm really not into the right. board games. So at Gen Con, that's really all I did. I mean, I played two or three uh, RPGs every day, so I probably played ten to fifteen RPG sessions at Gen Con, and I. Never had a situation like that happen. Gotcha. The other thing that happened with that as well is we didn't get anywhere near done with the module. At least from what I could tell, we were pretty much just in the middle of stuff happening, but we ran out of time and the game was over, which is also something I didn't really experience at Gen Con is that all the events, they were pretty well set up that you would complete them in the time that you had. Hmm. And and so I don't know if that was just the GM because he was doing a really good job and was slower or if there just was no way to complete this. I mean, it was again, I've never played the Legacy of the Crystal Shard module and I don't own it. I don't know. You know, is this something that should take se seven sessions and months to play? And we just happened to play the first part. I don't know. But I just thought it was weird that we just 
sort of stopped when we got to our four hours and it was over. That was just another thing. It was just, just kind of an oddity that I wasn't expecting. Hmm. But you said you had a great time in the game. I did. I had a lot of fun so, in the game. They had a good table. Again, Jerry was cracking me up. There were, we, there were a lot of jokes that, that we were making for the rest of the two days. We'd be in other games, and he and I would be making the same jokes, which I'm sure annoyed other people, uh, because that game was so much fun. Gotcha. So good gaming experience. Um, and what, what system was this again? Was this fifth? This was fifth. Okay. So uh, you know fifth. You got to have fun with it. You got to be a player, not, not a GM. Correct. Scheduling-wise, it didn't work out ideally. Don't know where the disconnect came from, but that was a little bit of a detriment to your overall experience. Yes. And okay. then it got worse. Oh. Okay. So after this, we had a we have a break. So I went to the exhibit hall and, and goofed around a little bit. Um, I ended up buying the the DC starter, the, the original DC game. So I, I had it. Then we went and checked into the hotel because we got there really early on Saturday. So we, we couldn't check in until after three or whatever. So we checked in the hotel. We went and had dinner. We went back and we just played DC in the Hyatt ballroom until our game started at eight. And it was scheduled to go from eight to midnight. And... <sighs> Again, I, I'm, I don't want to be mean because that's not what, what I want to do. But in truth, this was the worst experience I've had at a role-playing table probably ever. I, I cannot remember a more painful, frustrating situation, experience that I've ever had. And to, you know, to try to put it in terms of what we're trying to accomplish at, here at, at the website, is if this was my first experience, like if I was a brand new player, like, hey, I want to try out d and I'll sign up for this game. If that was my first game ever, I would never play again. That's pretty bad. Yes. So, a so, couple caveats. Uh, one, yeah, let's break it down. What happened? Break it, okay, first thing, the guy who was supposed to run it didn't show. I don't know why. I don't know why he didn't show. I, there might there have been conversation that I didn't hear, or maybe it was when I went to the, the bathroom. I don't know, because Jared told me after the fact after the whole game was over, because I was, I mean, I was mad when I left there at midnight. I was angry. And he's like, well, you know that wasn't the guy supposed to run it, right? And I'm like, no. I, so somehow I missed that. So I okay. give the guy credit. He, I don't know who he was. I don't know how he was related. But he stepped in to run this game because the person who was scheduled to run it couldn't or didn't. I, again, I don't know why. So I give him full credit for doing that. Secondly, during the game, there was a, a lady with us at the table. I think it was his wife, girlfriend, I'm assuming, one of the two, and she was kind of behind him. And, you know, like we had a, like a lull. He would lean back, and they were talking, blah, blah, blah. And apparently he had a toothache, uh, and he kept saying, yeah, my tooth's killing me, and blah, blah, blah. So he was in pain, and he really probably didn't want to run the game. So, again, I'll give him full credit for powering through the pain and volunteering to, to run a game that he was not prepared to run or scheduled to run. But after that, he loses all credit because it was the worst ran game I have ever been in in my life. And I, I don't even know how to break it down. He, he mentioned at one point, because someone said, yeah, this is, uh, I, don't, I don't play fourth edition very much. And he's like, yeah, me neither. So he wasn't even really all that versed in fourth edition. There were like two or three tables that were running the same game. And several times he would have to stop and call over someone from another table and ask very general questions about a rule and it was something that a gm could have just made up like again i'm a very improvised improvisational dm but there was stuff that just make a decision 
just go. Come on, let's get this done. So first thing is it's a four-hour game. We did not get started until an hour later. So going over the pre-gens, setting up the map, just going around the table, it was an hour before we ever got going. Then on top of that, we only got through one encounter. The, like the very first encounter was two and a half hours of fighting. Now I understand that fourth edition, that's not that crazy uncommon, but there were a lot of things about that that I just felt like he didn't know how to run a game. He wasn't invested. He didn't do any role playing of the creatures. I mean, it was a 100% tactics. I, I move six squares. I use this power. There was a, there was no integration of role play. There was no excitement from him. It was literally paint by the numbers. And we would get caught on the most minute things that it seemed to take forever. And again, maybe that's just fourth edition because I've only played a little bit, but I mostly ran it. So it was still my story version of fourth edition. Maybe this is what fourth edition is like in other places, but it was excruciatingly painful. And Jared even said after the fact, and I felt somewhat bad about this. He said, you know, you basically co-DM'd that because I was trying to get him to hurry. I would start saying, okay, you're up next. It's your turn. What are you going to do on your turn? And like when one person was rolling a spell that attacked every monster, I would put my hand over the mini and go, okay, attack this one, attack this one, attack this one, attack this one, what's your damage? And I don't know if people were happy that I was helping or if they were aggravated that I was helping. But I feel like if I hadn't, we would not have even got through the first fight. Like, it, we would have just been in the middle of the fight when our four hours was up. Hmm. So, you you were given pre-gens for this, right? You didn't make your own characters. Correct. Pre-gens. They were 11th level. Okay. And that was probably part of the issue, is that I had three pages of powers and abilities that I had no idea what any of them did. Yeah. And fourth edition does definitely get messy unless you are well vested and very well knowledgeable of every tiny little aspect. I mean, we've talked about 4th edition to uh, many, many times, and not to beat a dead horse, but it really is a, a tactical combat system, and in order to get the most out of it, you really have to know your character, your powers, your weapons, down to the minutia of how they work, and you really need to know how uh, how your character fits with the other character builds at the table. I mean, with with fifth edition, with third edition, three five, with Pathfinder, I can build a cleric, and I can take that cleric into any game, and he's still going to be a cleric. In fourth edition, there are six different ways to build a cleric, quote-unquote, and the best way to make the most of that cleric depends on, okay, well, is he pairing with a rogue and a fighter? Is he pairing with a warlock and a druid? Is he pairing with XYZ or ABC? So, so there's a lot of give and take. It, it's less of a bunch of different people each playing a character as a whole group cooperatively working uh, like a deck of magic cards almost. You have to know how everything works together. So walking into that, uh, and with you not having a strong background in 4th edition, I can definitely understand where your frustration was coming from. And yeah, most of my frustration really is with the DM, because cause I know that about 4th edition to a point, but he seemed to be the thing that was slowing us down. Because even though we had 
new new players and people for our character sheets, he was spending just as much time. Every time it was his turn, he would have to look at the book and look at the monsters, and he would be you know, he would reread all their powers and their abilities, and it, like if someone that really knew fourth edition well and knew how to run the monsters well. We still would have got a lot further because on his turn is he had like four or five monsters that he was using. He was taking just as much time as any of the players were, and we didn't know what we were doing, which obviously, honestly, he didn't either, as he expressed at one point that he doesn't really play a lot of fourth edition. So I think that was part of my frustration as well, is that the DM didn't know what he was doing. And like I would have been so much happier if he would have just been like, fuck it, threw the book over his shoulder and said, let's just run something. And just started making stuff up. I would have had so much more fun than what ended up happening. And maybe that's just me. I don't know. Jared didn't really have fun, but he did not get as aggravated as I did. Hmm. So, in theory, if the GM knew what he was doing and had been able to not only successfully run the module or the encounter, run the monsters, but also... um, interact with you as the player and help you out through some of the more difficult, complicated aspects of 4th edition, do you think you would have had a, a fun game in those hours? I think it would have been better, and I, you know, again, I, I'm a more of a role-player storyteller. There was no role-playing, pretty much, because it was all just tactics and combat. You know, even just, I tried to do some, and it just wasn't really going anywhere. And it, it felt like from the DM at times, like if I was if I was doing too much role play, he would look at me sort of like, hurry up, you know, like tell me what you're doing. And I get that I, that sounds weird because I'm saying the game, the, the combat took forever and I was frustrated by that, but then I seemed to be the one that was slowing us down. But this was very minor. This was like a, you know, a 20 second explanation of what my, my, what my power looked like is what I'm talking about rather than you know, like I move four spaces and use this power. I just, I, I felt like that was not really, that's not what he was looking for. And some other people at the table seemed to like, there was one guy who was speaking in a very interesting accent and he, he was playing a cleric and he's like, be healed, my brother. Like he was just like really into it. But it, but again, I, I felt like the table would have preferred, at least most of the people at the table, to do more role playing and not worry so much about it. But here's my number one frustration. And this is, this is the part that really got, because I wasn't having a lot of fun, but it wasn't that bad. But it, it was the end of the game that crushed my spirits. Oh, boy. Okay, so we didn't get started till almost 9. The, the first combat was like two and a half hours, so it was like 11.15 when we got through with the first battle. And we're like, okay, let's take a quick break. There's a bathroom nearby. And at that point, I knew we're not going to complete this module in 45 minutes. Now, we... We only got through the first encounter. Like, there's no way in hell that we're going to get through the module. So I wanted to just quit. Like, I would have been very happy if he was like, you know, let's just call it here. You won the battle. Everybody's happy. And there was at least one other person at the table that kind of said, so are we, we done here? And he kind of like started to pack up his stuff. And the DM's like, no, we'll, we'll do one more battle. We'll make it quick. So, you know, um, so, so we won't quit. Now, this is a bit of a spoiler alert, so if you haven't played the module, I'm going to give away part of it. In the first battle, we fought a bunch of trolls. It is the Troll Haunt Warrens, by the way. One of the trolls was an Ani, which is a troll mage. 
or an ogre mage. And in the battle, the Ani disappeared before the battle was over. So we were fighting trolls. We got, we got, we started winning. We killed them. The Ani disappeared. This was at 11.15 when we decided to take a break. So like 11.20, we got back and we're like, okay, well, we're going to go, we're going to do one more scene. We'll do some role play and we'll do some combat. Excellent. So we spent about 10 minutes doing spot checks. And I'm not exaggerating. We did like 10 minutes of spot checks on the map. And then we finally were able to find a wounded man. And he was a courier. And he's like, you know, I know this, this plays really well. If you, if you heal me, uh, I'll, I'll help you get through these woods without running any more trolls because I know, I know my way around. We're like, okay. And then we spend like 10 minutes walking through the woods and he's describing all the things that this guy was doing and, and the ways that he, we were going and blah, blah, blah. So now we're at like 1140. We've got 20 minutes left and we really haven't been role playing. We rolled some dice and we interacted with the character, but it wasn't role playing. It was just narrative. And I looked across the table and said, you guys all know this guy's the Ani, right? Like he's polymorphed into this guy and he's leading us into a trap. And the DM's like, do you tell anybody that? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, this is above table. I, my character doesn't know that. He's got a two intellect. He's a fucking moron. And then he's like, he's like, everybody roll a perception check. And uh, they're like, well, when this character starts talking about the Ani, you see this guy's jaw clench. He's very angry. But so we all knew at that point that he was the Ani, that I was correct. But none of us wanted to just attack him. So maybe that was our fault. But again, it was 1140 at this point. So finally he goes, okay, we're going to go to the next map. The courier turns around. He transforms. He is the Ani. And he puts down like four monsters on the table. And we're like, holy shit, where did they come from? And he's like, oh, wait, they're not there yet. So he pulled them back off the table. And then he drew the map. And then we went through initiative. And I'm not fucking kidding you. By the time we got through initiative, it was 11.55 and it was time to quit. Wow. So why did we even do any of that last stuff? You know, if you're going to say we're going to do one more battle, you just say you're fighting the last bad guy. Roll initiative. So it was like the whole time, I'm, and I'm like going, we're not going to do anything. We're wasting our time. We're not going to do anything. We're wasting our time. And sure enough, that's what happened. So at the very end, he's like, okay, quickly, everyone go around the room. Tell me what you do. And I was like, I attack. I do this. I do this. Okay, you kill him. Game's over. Like that was how we ended. Was <laughs> really, Yes. One time around the table, everyone just said what their action was. And he said, okay, you guys kill him. You won. That was the last five minutes of this game that took four hours. I was so angry. <laughs> I cannot express how angry I was. And I don't know, I, maybe, maybe I'm the uh, asshole here. I don't know. But I was frustrated. I would have been right there with you. Um, I mean, I have a little bit more of a knowledge base of 4th edition than you do. Um, but walking into an 11th level character, walking into a situation where the GM doesn't seem to be exercising a lot of table control and doesn't seem to have good knowledge of the module, of the monsters, of even the game rules. I, yeah, I, I would have been just as mad as you were. I, I would have had a few choice words to say and probably would have gotten in trouble. As soon as the game was over, I thanked everybody. It's like, hey, thanks for playing, guys. Appreciate it. There's one guy at the table that uh, saw my shirt, asked me about it. So uh, I gave him a card. And he, he actually followed me on Twitter at the table. And I sent him a message afterward. I said, man, I, I hope this doesn't cloud your experience because D&D is so much more fun than this. And he's like, yeah, I played 3.5 mostly. And I knew that this would be a slower game, but that was pretty rough. So I know yeah. I wasn't the only one who thought that. I just think I might have been the worst. But then the other thing, and this one I'm a little bit more sensitive to. So 
So the last bit of my rant here is there was like a 10 year old kid that was playing with us and he was hopped up on Twix and Mountain Dew. And clearly this is like 11 o'clock midnight game. He was well past his bedtime and he was driving me crazy. Now, the reason I'm sensitive to this is I have two young boys that I'm very excited about getting introduced to role playing. And I'm, and I'm very, I'm already thinking about like what age do I want to start them at? What game do I want to start them with? And this kid was so excited to be there and he was playing with his dad and I'm sure his dad was so excited to share this event with him and that part of it my heart kind of melted I was like I hope that in the future I can share this experience with my children having said that if that kid was my son I would have slapped the shit out of him because he <laughs> was driving everyone crazy and, I, and I'm like I'm just looking at the, at the dad going like can you please talk to your son like in my head I'm like just say something I mean he he would talk over the DM which was taken forever anyways but the DM would would be trying to talk about something he would just go on oh, my next turn I want to do this and, and you know, like it wasn't anywhere near his turn or and when it came to his turn he would he would talk through every power and go should I do this like or what about this oh no I'll do this so his turn was like 10 minutes long every time because he was just talking through all of his options if I if I was at home with my kids, it would be different. But at a game where people have paid money, and it's already going excruciating, excruciatingly slow, I just I think as a dad, I would have had to have pulled my son aside and said, "Listen, you're going to make it faster, or or we're just going to leave and let these guys play without it." So again, I fully admit I might be an asshole in the situation, but combined with everything else that was going on, it was like the last straw. Yeah. Well, I, I think we can look to a, a good friend of the show, Cowboy Centaur, and he ha has amazing experiences playing 4th edition with his young kids. But they're playing at home. He lets them get crazy and kind of do whatever they want within the confines of, of the 4th edition rule set, but they're playing at home. And, I, and that's the key aspect there. I think that... Uh, that moment of sharing uh, a game with your offspring is definitely amazing and definitely has to happen. It's a rite of passage. It's a fun thing to do. Hell, this might have been that kid's first Origins. I mean, hey, son, we're going to go to Origins. We're going to have a great time. Um, but, yeah, I, I, am, I will be on the asshole side of the fence with you if, if that was my kid, even if it was the first gaming convention I took him to, there would have been a talking to happening. <laughs> I'm with you. And I'm all for kids going. That, that I'm not saying I don't want to play with kids. I, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm probably one of the worst. So, you know, you guys are going to, if you listen to the, the campaigns, you're going to start hearing me as a player in some of the other games that I get to play in. And even with the, the Fade Deadlands, I'm bad about making meta jokes. Like, I'm not necessarily that funny about joking in character, but I can make an observation about the game above table that I find hilarious. So I'm sure there are plenty of people who play with me and think I'm I'm annoying. So yeah, but I, I get that. We're grown-ups. We're, <laughs> we're grown-ups. We're playing with other grown-ups, and we know each other's dynamic at the table. And you are an experienced enough gamer to have an on-off switch. You know when to censor yourself, for the most part. For the most part. Usually <laughs> my jokes are quick, though. I try to get a little quick jab in, and again, I'll shut up. This, 
And so, right. so I don't but, want people to misunderstand. I'm happy this kid got to go. And I hope, and actually, I think of anyone, he probably had the most fun. He seemed to be into it the whole time. This was a well, big yeah, deal for he, him. He, he didn't have the, the weight of your experience behind him to create a difference in the game. He, his first Dungeons & Dragons experience was probably 4th edition. So, so that was his wheelhouse. He, he knew how to play 4th edition. His dad probably taught him. Maybe they went to some of the, the flagship games at their game store. I mean, 4th edition is a great introductory game to someone coming from the video game world. And we know that that's where this kid was coming from, beyond a doubt. So I'm sure he had a blast. He, he didn't have the weight of the world t- telling him how horrible the experience might have been. <laughs> oh, so, uh, so that was rough. So that, that was my Saturday night. And then uh, hmm. I'm, I'm old, so at midnight I was tired. Uh, so yeah. we went to the hotel and went to sleep. There you and go. And then Sunday came. I don't know if I can take any more of this. Okay, so Sunday was much, was much better, but it, it was still, there were some opportunities and some frustrations. So I only had one game scheduled on Sunday, and that was another of these uh, D&D 40th anniversary games. This was, in particular, the Adventurers League playtest. So we all show up. Now, real quick here. Yes. Real, real fast, real fast. Um, the Adventurers League, clarify that for us. And, well, for me, I, I guess I should have <laughs> some care about our listeners. Mostly just me. I don't care. Okay, so basically that's the title of the new organized play process. So about, like right now they have D&D Encounters. So you go to your right. game store on Wednesday nights, you play Encounters. This next year it will be called the Adventurers League. And you will right. show so this up is, and you will play a weekly game at your game store. This is for 5th edition. It's going to come out with the release of 5th edition within the next few months here. This is going to be the sponsored Wansi game that happens once a week, whatever. Their module, their story that we follow through. Uh, there will cool. also be convention versions of the game and some other, like you can basically play it at home too if you want. And there, it's going to start with five one-hour session games called Defiance and Flan. That's P-H, not with the F, so it's not a Mexican dessert. I was going to say, where's the pudding coming? <laughs> I and, might have uh, to do this if there's pudding. There, there was no pudding at my table. Damn um, it, I'm out. Now, I, I, know at, I know at Gen Con they have these games already that you can register for, but I think the ones at Gen Con will be the final versions. These were supposed to be playtests. Okay. Gotcha. So because we had such a great time playing with our first DM, Gary, Jared and I tried to manipulate things, and we were able to get Gary again. So there were like three or four tables that were playing this, and as they were dividing up tables, we were kind of hovering, and as soon as Gary was assigned a table, we quickly went and sat at it so that we would get him as a DM. Because based off of my Saturday night game, I wanted to go with what I thought was a sure thing. Didn't want to take any, any, take any chances. So here's, so here's a, that was one of my frustrations. Okay, so this is the D&D Adventures League. This is the organized play program. This is a play test for this event. There was zero communication at the top of the game about any of that. There was no... Thank you for coming. Thank you for being part of the playtest. This is the type of feedback we're looking for. This is what this is going to look like. This is what you want you to be thinking about. It was literally, you're at this table, you're at this table, you're at this table, here's your pre-chins, go. Hmm. At one point they said, we need you guys all to sit right here at these four tables. So they were really close together. So again, we're in this giant room. 
And we probably filled up less than 10% of this room, but we were all clumped together in this one spot. He said, because Chris is supposed to show up and talk to you guys. I don't know who Chris was. Chris never showed up. So I still don't know who Chris was or is. So we were next to each other. And I, and I played in con games at Gen Con. I get that's part of it. But they were playing the same adventure as we were. So a lot of times I could hear them playing the game that I was playing. And they may not have been on the same spot. So in some cases I could hear what was coming ahead of me. In other places I could hear what was coming behind me. When we had hundreds of feet that we could have spread out and not been able to hear each other, and that, again, was one of my frustrations is why am I bumping elbows with the table next to me when we are literally in a giant fucking room that I could get so far away that you may not hear me if I screamed? All because Chris, who never showed up, was supposed to show up. Then we sat down at our table. We got our pre-gens. There was no, I'm the DM. Please go around the room. Tell me about yourself, which I thought was weird. And again, I missed the first hour of the last game, so I don't know if that's what happened yesterday. But I just thought that was weird. I'm sitting down... You know, because we did that at Gen Con. Every game I said at Gen Con, they're like, hey, okay, we're playing Savage Worlds. We're going to be playing in Deadlands. Here's your pregens. You guys have any questions? By the way, my name's Michael. I'm the DM. What's your name? What's your name? What's your... And you either had name tents for your actual name or we had name tents for our player names or character names. But you had like a little five-minute introduction so that everyone kind of knew each other. None of that. So we jumped straight into the game and... Because these are designed to be one-hour adventures, they're, they're pretty short. They're very railroady, you know, get quest, go quest, reward for quest. I mean, it, it's very, very straightforward. So within minutes, we're like being met by an NPC and being told to go on this adventure. And, and like, I just, it was like really hard for me to kind of get into the game because it felt cold. Like it was like a cold opening. I didn't have a sense of anything that was going on. On top of that, we were scheduled for four hours. There are five of these one-hour adventures. So right off the bat, there's a scheduling problem there. That there's no way that we could have gotten through all five of them in four hours. In fact, we barely got through three. And literally the last game, the, uh, one of the organizers came over and said, hey, got to wrap up. We got five minutes left. So he's like, okay, and we wrapped it up. So it was just like, you know, like we were in a game. Again, we paid for it. I would have thought if they had to go five minutes over to, to wrap it up properly that we would have done that, but that's not the way it worked. And again, this is Sunday, last day. Probably people wanted to go home. I get that. But it just felt weird that I was, maybe it was my expectations, but I just felt like they would have said, thanks for coming. Here you go, blah, blah, At the very end, we got a sheet of paper that has a link to it so that we can go give feedback. There was no explanation, again, of what type of feedback they're looking for. It just said, here's your code. Here's the link. Please give us some feedback. And they basically kicked us out of the room so they could pack up. Hmm. So first game, great. Second game, terrible. Third game, pretty good. Gary's still a good DM. It, it wasn't as good as his first game. And I think that's because he had to reference the material a lot. So probably he hasn't ran this as much or maybe not ever before. And I also thought it was really weird. He had all the materials on his phone. So there were no actual hard copies. So when he was having to look at the material, it was hard to see and... He was having to scroll on his phone and zoom in, and it just seemed like a printed copy would have been so much more convenient. And I, again, I don't know if it's because he was already packed up to go home and he didn't want to have to carry around a binder. I don't know if they didn't have copies because I wasn't looking at the other table, but I just think the adventure on the phone was a very bad idea for a playtest. So it, it seems like for this game as well, the, um, the game itself was fun but the organization is what caused uh, your your sadness. 
And again, I wasn't sad about this one because I had I had a lot of fun. The, again, I had a good group of people at the table. People were role playing. Uh, you know, a lot of funny things were said in character and out of character. Most of my stuff was out of character, but still, uh, you know, we were all laughing and we had a good time. The adventures, even though they're very short and railroady, they were interesting. There was one that was a direct battle. There was one that was more of a puzzle. There was one that was more of like a role playing. So I think he knew he wouldn't get through all of them. So he picked one of kind of each type. I, I think they're written well, and I think they'll be a hit when they come out. They were, they were very cool, short adventures, but the cold open, no real explanation and just the suddenness of the stop at the, you know, the whistle blows, game's over, pencils down type of thing was just off-putting to me. Okay. So, all in all, it sounds like your first Origins experience was below that 50% mark. Yeah, I don't know if it's true, and I know I have been bitching a lot. Part of that is I want, as I said, if you go to a con and I'm, the, I'm running a game, and somebody doesn't show up, and I have a toothache, just cancel. I would have been so much happier if he was just like, guys, I'm sorry, I can't run this. Here's your eight bucks back. And I would have walked straight over to Games on Demand, and I probably would have had a lot of fun. But I just felt like we were being tortured. So the purpose of this isn't just for me to bitch about Origins, because I had fun. I want to go back. But it wasn't up to my expectations, and I think some very easy fixes so it wasn't like the whole thing was terrible. One person taking five minutes to say at the beginning, thanks for coming to do the play test. Here's what we're after. Uh, you know, take five minutes to meet your table and then we'll get started. And it would have been a vastly improved experience. And I, and I just don't know why that didn't happen. And I don't know, yeah, again, I can't, I can't explain. I'm not these people, I'm, I'm not in their head. At my job, I'm a trainer. One of the things that I do is I train other people to do my job. And I also lead a lot of group training and maybe that's just that trainer experience in me that I, that I start off every class that I always tell everybody who I am. And, you know, this is why I'm able to teach this class because I've been doing this for 15 years and this is my background and this is my experience. You can trust what I'm about to say. I always ask everyone to go around the room and tell me a little bit about yourself and I'll try to remember everybody's name. And it's just, you know, typical HR bullshit that you go through at any corporation, but it does make people feel more at ease. And I think maybe because of that training, I noticed its absence more than other people. But it was very jarring to me not to have any sort of open and not to have any sort of close. Hmm. I agree with you. I, I think not at the very least having a, okay, guys, we're starting. You're starting with this. And all right, that's done. You, you won. You completed it. Adventure over. You need that. You need to start and finish to whatever you're doing, even if it's one sentence, even if it's at the least possible bit of information it can be. You need a bookend. Yeah, I needed something. So then yeah. that was over. And uh, at that point, Jared and I were both pretty tired because uh, we had to get up really early on Saturday. We only got, you know, five hours sleep on Saturday night, whatever. But I had one more important thing to do before I left. And that was come to see you. So, <laughs> And then I let you down even more. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. We're going to talk about this in the future, but we, we were sent a, uh, a map pack from Arc Knight Studios. And uh, they did a Kickstarter where they printed some maps and they're, they're currently doing a Kickstarter for some online gaming tokens, which are extremely cool. And I got contacted by one of the, I think he's one of the co-founders. I don't know if he's the actual founder or not. I think there might be more than one. Uh, but his name is Joshua. And he said, hey, would you like some of our maps? And I said, yes. 
So he was kind enough to send me one of their extended map packs and said, hey, you know, just take a look and see what you think. And if you mention it on the podcast, great, least I could do. I'm not a big map guy, so I wanted to give some of them to you because I know you would put them more to use and you probably would be a better reviewer for them than I was. My review is that they look really cool and I like them, but I don't know that I will use them necessarily. Uh, so I wanted to get them into your hands. So we wanted to meet anyways and say hi, shake hands, you know, see who was taller. It was me. Uh, but I wanted to meet you, say hi, and then I wanted to give you some of these maps. And that was that was pretty much it for the for the for the uh, the con. The last thing that I did is I went and bought a foam sword. At Gen, at Gen Con last year, I bought a sword and a shield for my kids. Now, my oldest is now four, youngest is three. And the way it usually divides up is the oldest gets the sword, the youngest gets the shield, and daddy gets to play the dragon, and we run to the house, and they beat the crap out of me. It's a lot of fun. So I wanted to get a sword for my youngest so they both could have a sword because sometimes there's a little bit of sword envy that goes on back and forth. And my three-year-old beat the shit out of me with that foam sword. <laughs> Let me tell you, I have a newfound respect and fear for halfling barbarians. <laughs> that little monster r ran at me screaming and just started beating my ankles and I could not get the shield low enough to stop it without the other one popping me in the head. And so the end of my origin stories is triumph because I ended up laying on the floor, laughing my ass off, hugging my kids while my wife cackled gleefully on the couch. So for nothing else, but I would love to have had video of this. I mean, he's like, he's three years old going, ah! just running at me with this sword and just beating me black and blue on the ankles. Oh, that is awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. It it that was worth awesome. every, everything. Even that that game that I hated was worth it for the for the moment with the kids at home. So I'm glad I went. I had a good time. I'm glad you and I got to meet. And I know I bitched a lot about on this, but overall I did have fun. And you know it's cliche, but you learn more from your mistakes than you do your successes. And and you and I have talked about uh, running the game at Next Origins, making trying to have a more official presence and doing some true press stuff and do some podcasts and run some games. And I think. Having gone through that second game, it will it will help us be better at it if we do decide to do it. There are definitely some things that I will do differently by not emulating what I saw there, and I think that will help our games be more successful. So for that reason alone, it probably was a good experience. I agree. I agree. I, I think anything you do, whether you like it or you hate it, it is always going to give you something to take away, and and that's where that's where you grow from. That's where you that's where you learn from, and. Yeah, I'm. Uh, as long as I've lived in Ohio, I've only gone to Origins three times. I would very much like to to be there for the entire week next year. I would like to have the RPG Academy hosted games. I would love to go to those tests like you did for Morningstar. You know, actually get some reviews done. Uh, whether it comes to you know kind of live tweeting some of the events or just having a uh, a running edited feed on the website that we just keep updating as we're allowed to. Um, I know that Origins has a big feature of the Origins Awards, and I touched on that earlier, I think, you know, where companies will submit board games, card games, role-playing games to the Origins Awards. You can see, uh, if you go over to boardgamegeek.com, you can look it up by 
uh, I think you can look it up by uh, Origins Award winners, and that's a very prestigious award within the gaming community. You know, any game that has won an Origins Award or even been nominated for an Origins Award will proudly display on the box Origins Award winner, Origins Award nominee. That's a big deal. I would love to be able to watch that event, you know, talk to people that are involved with it. This is this is kind of a, uh, you know, the, the home field advantage con for us. Origins is a big deal, and um, I, I really want to be able to invest some more time, actually play a couple games with you uh, at the role-playing side of things. Uh, I think we could have a lot of fun next year. You can give us feedback and comments on our website, therpgacademy.com. You can listen to previous podcasts on our website and subscribe to new ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a table topic, we'd love to hear it. Email us at podcast at therpgacademy.com or connect with us. We're on Twitter at The RPG Academy. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash therpgacademy. We also have a Google Plus page, The RPG Academy. As always, thanks for listening, and remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.